known from Indianapolis, somewhere between the Kentucky-Tennessee border. This is the Bearded Carcast, Mike Pacheco, Dave Friedman. Disappointing end to it was a highly anticipated fun headed to Indianapolis. And now it's, we're, we're, we made the turn, we're headed down the back nine. Yeah. I mean, it was a remarkable, great year. And the performance in the NCAA tournament was not what anybody wanted, but it was far from embarrassing. Right. They got down early. They made a big run. They led briefly late in the first half. Uh, Villanova led by one at intermission. And in the second half, um, the Eagles were there. They made a move. They were close with seven, eight, nine minutes to go. And the bigger stronger, veteran, more athletic, more physical team won the game. I think if you are a historian or a student of the NCAA tournament, you will have probably seen that play out many, many times before. You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, if you have a brother that's like a year or two older than you and you're, you're always playing in the backyard, playing hoops, and, you know, you, you finally get competitive and, you, you know, you're making some shots and then the, the last part of the game the older brother kind of takes over. That's yeah. That's kind of what happened here. Yeah, I mean, the first five minutes of the game... Excuse me, Dave. We're two miles from Corbin, Kentucky. Wow, have we ever been there before? Oh, we sure have. What? That's the home of KFC and Frank Selfie. Is that right? That's right. How Marlon do you know? Sanders. Is that right? Stop. <laughs> he does that all the time, Hank. Don't worry about it. Uh, joining us today... You know, I forgot to do the, the intro, which uh, for, for, for today, I was going to say the bearded car cast taped in front of a captive audience. And maybe a participatory It's our first audience. stowaways. Well, what do they call those plays? Like the the murder mysteries where the audience becomes a part, <laughs> that's of, right, that's right. a part of the play? That's right. Dinner theater. Dinner yeah, dinner theater. theater. That's right. Yeah. So what's up, Deputy Athletic Director Hank Harrowood joining us. Joined us halftime in the game uh, last night, which was Friday night, and now uh, has hitched a ride back to the greater Charlotte Rock Hill, York County area. I can imagine a lot of people that say eight hours in a car with Mike, <laughs> reasonable, uh, probably pleasant, mostly polite, positive. I don't know a lot of people that would choose to spend eight hours in a car so with So hold me. on a minute. I would say if you were in a car with me for 30 minutes, you get that. You remember me in eight hours. <laughs> you start, you know, the. The, the, we peel back the onion a little bit. Yeah. Maybe uh, with salt. <laughs> Hank doesn't like flying, though, but he did fly to the NCAA tournament, but opting to drive back. You're in a weird profession not to like flying. Where, where does that come from? That's true. Uh, you're right. I did fly up. I'm getting better at flying. I don't know where the... Uh... I would call it uh, discomfort with flying, but it is, it is in fact a fear. I don't want to undersell it. But I have gotten better with that. Um, the problem is, like many, if not most of us, I was excited uh, to watch our team in the tournament. Uh, really, really thought we had an unbelievable year and a great team. Yeah. And so I was fully prepared. I packed enough clothes to stay for a very long time. I was fully prepared to do so. And so uh, my flight home wasn't gonna be for another day or two at the earliest when I was able to get on one. So I said, hey, let me take advantage of this opportunity. Ride home with a couple of legends. Have Most great people don't call it an opportunity. Here we go. This is an opportunity of a lifetime, I would call it. 
opportunity of a lifetime. Is it Bill Walton riding in the back seat? <laughs> That's one of one of his old lives. Well, we're, we're honored and we're glad to have you. It's always fun when we have uh, when we have a guest on the Bearded Carcast. It's actually in the car with us. So I, I won't speak for Mike. My takeaway from the game was the better team won the game. We can talk about all the X's and O's. There is not a 0% chance if those teams played again, Winthrop might win the game. And I think that it may have been a small factor that Winthrop had not played a power conference team and they didn't have that experience. And they probably would be better a second or a third time playing a team like that. But curious from the stands, Hank, what were your takeaways? You know, I could have agreed more with what you said. I, I think Villanova was the better team last night is what I'll say. They were the better team last night. It didn't seem like we quite got it rolling the way we wanted to, maybe the way Winthrop fans are used to us getting it rolling at times. And I do think there was a little bit of – I don't think the NCAA tournament spooked our guys one right. bit. I think they are prepared for that moment, excellent coaching staff, uh, excellent preparation. I know we were ready and prepared for that moment. I um, – I do think that it probably takes some adjusting to get used to Villanova's physicality, their size and strength, those kind of things. And so I think it, it was apparent early on. It took maybe a good six to eight minutes, I think, to really settle in. And you saw that in the game, right, to settle in and get comfortable. Uh, but I would agree. Villanova I think, was a little better last night. I think the other thing that – and this is a perception thing, not necessarily – this isn't anything about the, the team. But I think because they were the early media darling – essentially from the jump on Selection Sunday, this is one of those games where I think the expectations were so high that I just think that that kind of adds to the, the, the letdown feeling. And there's no, there's no sneaking up on anybody either. Yeah. You know, let's be yeah. clear about that. And that's, that's part of it, right? I mean, uh, number one, Villanova's coaching staff is phenomenal. And I can't imagine they're not going to have their team prepared. But certainly going to have their team extra locked in and prepared. There'll be no overlooking Winthrop when uh, the whole country was talking about Winthrop basketball winning a couple games in this tournament. I think that was a factor, too. I think they came out, I mean, you know, a little bit bigger and stronger, obviously, but I think they were tired of hearing they were going to be the upset this week. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm not into that subjective narrative. They, they were the better team. The better team won the game. They were better at shooting. They were better at defending. They were as good at rebounding. They've got a coach that makes $4 million a year and has won two national titles. Now, that's not to say that Winthrop can't beat them. They certainly can, and they, they put in a good effort. If Winthrop shoots a little bit better, which they very frequently do, they are right in the game. But you know, th there is a reason that Villanova won. And the reason is Villanova plays in a bigger, better conference, and they have bigger and better players. Now, Thanks for listening to the Bearded Carcass. And <laughs> now, on to more fun topics. So Hank has chosen, now, he didn't have a lot of options, but he chose to drive in an eight-hour car ride with you and I. Yes. If you had your druthers and could choose to drive for eight hours with two people, who would those two people be? Oh, wow. I actually only need one uh, person. I would love a good eight-hour one-on-one car ride with James William Buffett. Yes, I Otherwise known as Jimmy Buffett, colloquially, you know. Uh, he'd be the one I'd pick. What's um, the first question you'd ask him? The first question I would ask him, that's, that's a good one. I would probably ask if he 
he knows how much his music means and to how many people. Uh, you know, a lot of people know him as the Margaritaville guy, Cheeseburger in Paradise, whatever. Uh, but he's got a lot of unbelievable music. He's been writing for 40 years or more, really. And, uh, you know, don't take my word for it. Bob Dylan happens to think Jimmy Buffett is the greatest songwriter of all time as well. So I would, I would say, hey, do you know how many people thoroughly enjoy how much of his music? But I think we'd probably have a lot of fun. I think if I had eight hours to kill with Jimmy Buffett, uh, I'd tell him about my podcast, Under 40 Victims of Fate. Um, and maybe I'd bring my co-host Adam Caps on with me because he'd get a kick out of this well. Yeah. But uh, in the car ride, so us two would ride along. Um, but that's who I would pick. I think it'd be a lot of fun, and I'm sure margaritas would come up, but we wouldn't talk about it the whole time. I feel like you would have to drive because Jimmy would want to be drinking the whole time. He may want a margarita or two. I'd actually want him to have his hands free to play the guitar. Oh, yeah. Ooh, you know, he'd like probably that. be accosted into a, a mini live concert uh, somewhere along the Kentucky-Tennessee border. You can plug the podcast again, though. You said it very quickly. What is the name, and, and what is it about? Yeah, good question. Under 40 Victims of Fate. So Jimmy Buffett has a, uh, a famous song, A Pirate Looks at 40, and one of the lines in that song says, I'm an over 40 victim of fate. So our podcast, my co-host and I are both under 40. Uh, we call ourselves Under 40 Victims of Fate, and we really focus on and cater to the younger generation of Jimmy Buffett fans. All of our guests are in their 20s and 30s and are huge, rabid Jimmy Buffett fans. And other than that, like myself, relatively normal people most of the time. How well, many um, How many? Con- how many times have you seen him in concert? I've been to 35 Jimmy Buffett concerts. What would you say, uh, you probably have a favorite performance, but what was your favorite venue? Where was the best place you saw him? Not musically, but uh, the, the fun, the coolness factor uh, was probably Wrigley Field. Oh, yeah. Saw him in Wrigley Field, and they shut down Wrigleyville, and it was one kind of big tailgate. Um, so that was really neat. You saw the packed-out roofs around, you know, for the concert, and, and obviously Wrigley was packed, too. So musically, it's a little strange to listen to a concert at a baseball game, but uh, Wrigley Field was a really neat venue to see him. So who would you drive with? Me? No, we know who Hank Goody's oh, already said. One person? Wow, that's a great question. I mean, you can pick two. You pick no, three pick if you really want. Um, uh, all right. <laughs> now, this is not uh, from a political standpoint. Uh, but I would probably have two people in a bearded car cast. It, it, like, if we needed a guest. Oh, a guest. Like, a guest host. Uh-huh. Like, you couldn't make it, and I had to pick two people. I would say um, Tom Brady and Barack Obama. Dave's not in today. Thankfully, we found someone to sub for him. Tom Brady is here. And Tom, what do you do? <laughs> Tom, what do you do? Tell us about yourself. Actually, no. Actually, you know what? Or a second a second uh, selection would be Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Well, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. That, yeah. Again, and you I would, would probably, probably have to do the driving. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't want Gronk behind. No. no. Who, who, who are you two? Well, you know, I have the, the I, I've said this for years. If you could have beers with three people or have dinner with three people, I'd have dinner with Barack Obama and Bill Walton and Bill Raftery. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's my dream group of people. But, you know, it's just kind of a, a fun, a fun conversation. I always like when media guides have that questions of players. And it's like if you could eat or drink or hang out with, you know, people dead or alive and it's like they choose to be like with Jesus and Oprah. Like, I I like that idea of of that combination and group of of people. Um, 
Hank, did you watch any NCAA tournament games yesterday aside from the Winthrop game? I did not. I mean, I watched some on TV. Watched a little bit of Florida Virginia Tech. That was a good one. Uh, unfortunately, watched a little bit of the uh, Ohio State upset because I know some people on that staff, great, great guys. So I hate to see them get upset, but certainly thrilled for Oral Roberts to get a great uh, kind of defining win. So, you, you know, when you're around student athletes, you understand uh, there, there's really exciting moments in time for student athletes. And when they don't come, like they didn't, unfortunately, for Winthrop, when they don't come for your kids at a tournament, it is neat to see some other kids get. Uh, you know, get a, in a tournament experience like that and get to win a game with a big upset. So I watched some of that one. Uh, but otherwise, man, I was I was focused on the Eagles. I was ready to go. I was knocking out some work. You know, got to keep Winthrop Athletics humming even when we're there in Indy for the tournament. So didn't get to watch as much as I wanted, but I'll certainly spend a lot of time the next couple of days doing so. How close are you to the people at Ohio State? Because I, for an hour, thought that I had an Oral Roberts diploma. Like, <laughs> I was all in on Oral Roberts. And that's, to me, what makes the NCAA tournament the single best sporting event. Cinderella shows up every year, and you can cheer for that little guy who relates to Winthrop. Now, I get it. If you've got close friends that work somewhere, you want your close friends to win. But to me, that's cheering for the Yankees. That's cheering for the uh, the LeBron James. Like, I'm always cheering for the little guy. To me, that's what makes sports great. So, like, are those, like, people you're pretty tight with? Well, I'll say so. I, I'm pretty tight with one person on their staff, friendly with another. And then, obviously, worked at Gardner-Webb years ago mm. with Chris Holtman. And so... Uh, it is harder to get in touch with the head basketball coach at Ohio State than it is the head basketball <laughs> coach at Gardner-Webb. <laughs> so Holt and I certainly don't talk as frequently, uh, you know, uh, anymore, right? Like as we did when we worked together or, you know, in the years right after that. Um, but but we're still in touch. And here's why I pull for Chris, though. He's truly one of the good guys. Terrific, terrific human being. Uh, want the absolute best for him. And so uh, I'm close with a couple of guys, one guy on that staff, friendly with another. But then... Holtman is such a good dude. It's it's hard to pull against him. Though I do uh, realize that that is like pulling for you know the New York Yankees here in the NCAA tournament. And everybody loves a Cinderella story. You just always hope it doesn't come at the expense of somebody you know or a, a, a really really great person. I agree with everything you said about Chris Holtman. My interactions with him have always been classy. I think he's a terrific coach, and I was thrilled to see his season come to a conclusion. I mean, I I, I just love the, the Colgates or the Davidsons or the Winthrops or whoever it is. I mean, Mike and I were at the Liberty-Oklahoma State game yesterday, and we were driving over to the game, and I said to Mike, I know we have some issues with Liberty, but we're all in for Liberty today. That I said you are. It, that is what you said. <laughs> and, and, and I hope when Matt you, Garner isn't listening to, to the podcast. I, I, that, I just, philosophically, you have to believe in something. And I believe in you cheer for Cinderella. And like, ideologically, I'm not sure Liberty could possibly be in a different place than where I am. But why am I cheering for Oklahoma State? Like, my cheering doesn't impact the game. I don't get to decide whether a shot goes in or not, but I can choose who to cheer for. And, you know, I'm not vocal. I'm just, I'm just, just sitting there going, man, the guys that were on the bus 
all year long. The guys, and Liberty has resources, but they don't have Oklahoma State resources. And I've had my issues with Richie McKay over the years, but they have a program when compared to their opponent that it is very obvious to me that I want to see them succeed. And if I can cheer for Liberty, I can cheer for anybody. So did you watch that game, Mike? We sat there and watched it. Were you hoping Oklahoma State, who was the better team, so I'm would win? Of, I am kind of a sucker. I do agree with you. Like at the, at the end of the day, when it was getting to be under eight, I was kind of rooting for them. Nothing drives me more crazy than the person that cheers for their bracket over I didn't do a bracket. Their, wow. I'm not that person. You didn't do a bracket at all. No, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think I do it when Winthrop's in the tournament. Huh. Is that because you're too busy or you just don't want to... I think it's for uh, journalistic integrity. So you just don't want to pick no, against I was, Winthrop? No, no, I was just so busy and, you know, Dave, uh, I was a mule on this trip. I was like, I was the video editor, I was the photographer, I was the uh, the wheel man. I consider you the mule <laughs> of the bearded car cast. <laughs> What's that make you? Um, if I'm the mule, are you the... the yeah. Can I say ass on... Bearded car cast? I, I think. Hey, can we get a ruling? You're like, yeah, the I think you can say that. It, it will not. I think the only words that will get your podcast, at least on Anchor, yeah. Apple, and Spotify, explicit um, are the S word and another uh, four letter word. I like having an official. You like having a lawyer. I like having I like. okay, I think. Permitted. Approved. Let's go to the bench, Hank. <laughs> So we are coming through Corbin, Kentucky, right? Original KFC. That's right. I've never been there. Uh, watched some of your stuff on it though, when, when you guys went. But talk a little more, a little more about it. Was it like? Hold on, you haven't deal? listened to our previous episodes I, where I we did. had this discussion already. I listened to some of it, but I, I want to hear a little more about it. Like, well, it's interesting because we we've, we've, we've developed criteria for what we want to see when we're on the road, um, and, it, and it usually ends up being a combination of something significant historically. So, like, when we went to Dallas, we went to... I'm a huge JFK, uh, Kennedy assassination, you know, I'm into history, so I really I, wanted to see the, the sixth floor deposit. And that was one we agreed on, because I also really like political history. Mike is very into military, I love military history, history too. which I am not nearly as keen right, on. Right, so... But if we do it where it makes sense and, and Dave can enjoy it, then we do it. Like, for instance, we went to the... Uh, a couple years ago when, when Jeremy was with us, he was our video coordinator back then, uh, we went to the Air and Space Museum, and I thought that was really neat. And we both, both like that. Also, yeah. when Jeremy was with us, we went to Keeneland Racetrack, which is much more in my uh, level of interest. Yeah. I, I would say I have a cursory... Like, I, I, I do enjoy horse racing. I'm not nearly as into it as Dave is, but that was I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. So we try to find something that, but A, if, is going to be interesting to other people, but something that we have interest in because then it it uh, I mean that's like the Tuskegee Airmen yeah. I mean that was one of those things that maybe it's not like the thing that's most interesting in the world to me but it's a great story great it's story. got so much history and we right. saw Hangar 1 and yeah, Hangar, Hangar 2, two exactly. and that I mean yeah. everything they right. have there is is terrific and then you know we have I mean we have gone to Florida with this team we have gone to New England with this team we've gone to the Midwest with this team, California. We've, we've gone to the, the out west to California. We've gone to the the southwest. I mean, we are literally a Johnny Cash song at this point. I mean, we <laughs> we've gone everywhere, man. And uh, 
But one thing we've learned in, in our journey across America, Hank, and uh, Americana is that the railroad was instrumental <laughs> in opening up the United States. So we always, if we can't find something that is either historical, in, in, in whether it's a you know political, revolutionary war sense, military sense, um, you know, anything, right? Uh, if there's something that has to do with a train, we're hooked. Well, three years ago, I think was the first year we did our social and digital media. It just so happened everywhere we went, we did a. Hit well, no, it really started. Train. It really started in Pulaski, Virginia. Yes. Right. It, so we're trying to figure. As out... As so many great stories have right, over the years. Right. So, it's like late January, early February, and it is we're freezing our butts off. It is cold. So we stop in Pulaski, we stop to get something to eat, and like the only thing there was like this restored 1930s caboose. So we're like, yeah, it might be a good visual, and so we, we start doing the stand-up, and um, Dave opens it up, and uh, the reason why the taco bit has been funny, and why this bit is funny, and some of the other stuff that we do is funny, is because, Hank, as you know, Dave is ri- not rigid, but you know he is focused, he is organized, he is editorially correct most of the time. I mean, he is just on it, solid, you know, a true professional. So we're in this little podunk town in the middle of Virginia, and Dave makes Pulaski sound like it was the, you know, the, the, the start of uh, Lewis and Clark's expedition, <laughs> and I just burst out laughing. And then I can't say Pulaski, or he can't say Pulaski without me breaking up, and then he breaks up, and literally it took us about 30 takes <laughs> to do this little bit from a caboose on a rainy, cold day in Virginia. And then Mike put out the outtakes yeah. of us going, we're in Pulaski, ha <laughs> 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 Or, okay, we're going to get it right this time. Yeah, okay, no, stop, we're stop, We're in Pulaski. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's freezing, it's freezing. Get it together. No, I actually did say that. I said, oh, okay, we got to go. I'm freezing. Of all of the social and digital media stuff we've done, and that one is... What's your favorite? No, I'm just kidding. That one, that one is probably the most obvious, like, we just lost it. But... No, the other one... The, yes. The spring in Boiling Springs was... I we just, almost lost it there. I times. mean, there's no water in it. Like, like it's a dried up spring. I like, mean, essentially, it's like this little brook... It has maybe like four gallons of water in it, if stretched we had over brought, like thirty uh, feet. Yeah, if we, we could have brought some bottled water and pooled it in there a little bit, and we're sitting, <laughs> we're sitting there doing the the spot, and Mike says something about courting a well, <laughs> dating. What yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, because again, Dave sets it up like it's the this was like this. You know, it's like we're going to the Grand Canyon. And I'm trying to figure out, like, why would people come in and, you know, dates back to the 1800s and, you know, you might come courting with your lady here. (laughs) I believe that was also the one where you put out outtakes and at one point we said... I started out with the outtakes I started out with, welcome to the end of our careers. Right. Which is the famous line from Keith Oberman at the very beginning of ESPN2. He hosted the very first show on ESPN2. We also went to a big oak tree in Florida. Have you been to a big oak? Uh, I've been to several big oaks. I don't know if I've been to. No, this one, one has its own webcam. Yeah, where is it? It's uh, ju- it's maybe an, an hour north hour, of Tallahassee. Yeah, an hour from Tallahassee. We left Rock Hill early in the morning, and we ran into uh, 
Matt Martin, who at the time was an associate athletic director at Winthrop, and he said, so where are you guys going to do your thing? And we said, we found a huge oak tree. And he said, that is the best thing you found between Rock Hill and Tallahassee. Like, sure is. Sure is. No, well, and the, and the other memorable thing on that trip was we go to this really neat breakfast. Now, Dave isn't a break, breakfast guy, but I think we played at noon or 1 o'clock. Yeah, and it makes sense. And the only chance to do our, our food thing was to do it at a diner. And I think Carter Blackburn had suggested the diner that we went to. Possibly. And uh, so we're doing our stand-up. And, uh, you know, it's like this big willow tree in front of the restaurant. And uh, because of the way the sun was angled... The, uh, the only way we could do the shot and not be blinded or have the shot be blurred was to do it under this tree. It was, it was shielding the sun. So we start we start the stand-up. It's and, New Year's Day. It's like yeah. 8 a.m. It's New Year's Day. And I'm going to start off with, Happy New Year from Tallahassee. Clunk! <laughs> yeah, and something comes off the tree and clunks me in the head. I'm like, great freaking start to the year. What was it? It was like a walnut or acorn or something something that fell out of the But But of course, Mike, who has really figured out the digital video game, is able to go back and look at it and slow-mo it, and you can hear the doink off of my dome. (laughs) So, it's been a fun trip. We we enjoy going to the tournament. We never did answer his question. So, the... Corbin, oh, Corbin Kentucky. Kentucky. So we, we, we focused in on Corbin, Kentucky. I think how Corbin, Kentucky first got on our radar is we were coming through these parts a couple years ago. Oh, no, maybe it was last year. And I just remember seeing Corbin, and I was thinking it would be kind of neat to you know play off uh, Josh, Josh Corbin, one of the Winthrop players. And then we, we had a Chuck Corbin, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, where you think it came from? I think that's where I... Well, that's where I... I mean, I knew that's where KFC was founded. Well, I think I remember we looking at it. Anyway, long story short. And then we heard about it when we played Furman. Right. And then, uh, so then we started looking it up, and then not only was it the home of Harlan Sanders, who started, if you're not familiar with the story, Hank, uh, we could talk about it for 20 minutes, or you could go watch the 90 second video we produced. I'm going to do it. So, um, but then, so it was, you know, so KFC, they have the, the Sanders Museum, which is essentially the site of the first, essentially the first KFC. And then Frank Selvey, who scored 100 points, he was, uh, what is he, like, two-time player of the year in the, yeah, the Southern gone. Conference. I mean, he's the number one overall pick in the draft. Pl- yeah, and welcome for, to Tennessee. Well, we are now in Tennessee. Tennessee, do you feel welcome? Uh, you know, you know, we talked about it on the way up. Kentucky is one of my favorite states, because horse racing and basketball. Right, right. So we just now left your old Kentucky home. And now, now we're in Tennessee. This is more football country, and I prefer basketball. So I, I got no beef with Tennessee, but I probably prefer <laughs> Kentucky. I'll tell you. That might be fact, I, That might be the title of this. I got no beef with Tennessee. I got no beef with Tennessee. Fun fact, if, if you need a couple of stats yes. uh, to, to get you back in the good graces of Tennessee, do you know what was invented in Tennessee? Something none of us love. Maybe you'll have a little beef after this day, depending on your personal history with this. The tow truck was invented in oh, Tennessee. Did really? you know that? That That is a fun fact. That's How do that. you happen to know that? I read that about 11 years ago in a fun fact book. A friend of mine, I love fun facts. Um, I read... No uh, wonder read you like us. <laughs> yeah. We're full. Uh, right up our alley. Full of fun. Now, if you can find out where that was, maybe we'll do a stand-up from there. I At, should. Last night... The game ends, we pack up the equipment, we go back to the hotel, 
Mike and I are scarfing down subs at 2.30 in the morning. Great subs, And I am looking back over my chart from the game, thinking before I go to bed about how the broadcast went and what I would have liked to done differently and what I thought went well. And I am so angry I didn't get in the fact that Jay Wright has twice been awarded the best dress coach in college mm, basketball. Yeah. Such a good little nugget. Didn't make the broadcast. We also didn't mention that uh, I went to Merrimack College. Oh, we didn't. You're right. This is another great which is, nugget. Uh, which is an in, it's an Augustinian school, and it is the sister school of Villanova. And I was going to say... I think say, it's one of only two or three Augustinian schools in the country. I was oh. going to say on the air, and, and I didn't, didn't get it out, that Villanova is the only Augustinian university in the country. Ah. And I was waiting for you to object with Merrimack because that's a college, not a correct, university. Correct, correct, correct. But we didn't get to that. Do you oh. guys know the technical difference in a college and a university? I think it's they give master's degrees. They award master's. Is that right? Does Merrimack give master's degrees? Um, they have recently, yeah, in the last 10, 15 years they have, but they have not changed their... They still are Merrimack College. I do think that is the uh, designation. It's the level of degree with which So, so size doesn't matter. It may well, be PhD. That's what they tell me. So if, if, you, if, if <laughs> you award whatever it is, whether it's a master's or, or a PhD that make it a university, but you still call yourself a college, right. are you actually a university at that point? That's a great point. I don't know. I, I don't know either. Certainly you get the right to call your Right. But I think now some people just out of, like, you know, Boston College isn't going to change. Well, they can't because it's Boston University, but and you don't want to be, like, Boston, Boston College, College University. University. <laughs> that would be tough. BCU. And with the growth in higher education, you got a lot of people that maybe didn't offer master's and PhDs before but are now, right, Dave? So that is, is the distinction still viable? I'm going to do some research and get that. It's Boston College, B.C., Boston University, BU. Right. But who is BCU? Do you know? I think Hank knows. Do you know? BCU? Bethune Cookman University. Bethune Cookman. Yeah. And yeah. my mother went to uh, Boston State College, which uh, I think. BSC. Right, but I think that later. That's the Big South Conference. I have to do my research on this because technically, I think after she got her master's there, it, it like folded into BU. So technically, uh, her master's was at uh, BU. I think that's right. Wow, this is a lot nicer than when we were coming up this way, the, uh, coming up here. The weather. The weather. Yeah. It's a nice day. It's a nice day. I think that's it. Do we have more? Yeah, we got to get the bourbon talk. Oh, all right. Well, well Hank is a bourbon taste. expert, so... He's our official bourbon aficionado. Now, can they hear about bourbon if they listen to your podcast? No. No. No, you cannot. Uh, we talk about uh, Jimmy Buffett. Only Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. All right. Uh, Does Jimmy Buffett like well, bourbon? Now, now i got to ask. We talk about sports because things are constantly happening in sports. There, there's new content. What do you talk about if Jimmy doesn't have a new album out? So we have a lot of guests. Uh, we talk about different stuff with them. Um, also, you got to remember, Jimmy was putting his first albums out in the early 1970s. Mm. The guy's been selling out shows worldwide for 40 years. He's also, uh, another fun fact, boy, I'll tell you, I'm full of today, fun fact, Jimmy Buffett is one of the very small number of people who was a New York Times bestseller, number one, in fiction and nonfiction. Oh. Great author, and he's had two Broadway musicals. 
So a lot of uh, art and entertainment back in the old catalog to talk about. And he's actually, a, uh, I mean, he's a certified pilot too, right? Like he, he actually is. can flies fly. Flies a ton, yeah. Flies all over the place. Unlike me. <laughs> That's right. Here we are so that's kind of ironic. So yeah. I, I almost feel like the bourbon talk is a whole nother podcast. Do you think I feel that's like there's podcast? a half okay. hour or 45 minutes of content in a bit. But would you like to give us a tease, Hank? Like, well, let, let, let's go, let, let's dive back into it. When now, was your interest in bourbon sparked? So I would say maybe three or four years ago, maybe oh. three years ago, relatively recent. Um, and actually, I was at uh, my old. Close family friends, my old pastor in Miami. His son was getting married in uh, Auburn, Alabama. I'm sitting at a, a little place having lunch down there. I can't remember where it was, but the bartender asked my wife and I if we wanted to try a couple of these bourbon because we've been chatting with her, just you know, being nice, chatting, having a good time. And she said, You guys like bourbon? I said, Man, you know, I was kind of neutral, whatever. I've never thought about it, I guess, that in depth. Um, so she put a few out there. We loved them all. Turns out they were like super high end, very expensive. She had a tiny bit left. I was just getting rid of them to open the next bottles. But we tried all these really good ones. And so that's kind of how we got into it. Uh, my wife likes bourbon as well. So it was easy for us to have that neat little hobby where we'd buy different bottles and try stuff and figure out what we liked and that kind of thing. Um, I actually had the chance to bring my dad up to the bourbon trail in Kentucky oh, wow. uh, to, to go to some different distilleries. And the history surrounding bourbon is pretty neat. That's what really kind of roped me in. You know, I don't, I don't admittedly drink like tons of it, right? I'm not at the house drinking a bottle a day or anything. That'd be problematic. But right. uh, the history of bourbon is really, really unbelievable. And so there's a cool documentary on Netflix called Neat, if you want to check it out, which I really liked. Um, has a lot of info about the history of bourbon. And it's a really cool history, a really cool American spirit, too. So there you go. I think Sorry, that's a good... That's I a like that. That's, yeah, it's a really good synopsis. No, so maybe next year... It's almost year, like you're used to this doing a synopsis of something and then presenting it if you if you um if you're interested if you survive this trip next if year this when Winthrop heads on the road we'll look at the schedule at the beginning of the year we'll uh we'll have you on a trip and you can participate if you would like in our digital and social media and certainly our meal on the way and uh we'll talk about uh Winthrop and bourbon and whatever else comes up that sounds outstanding. I appreciate you guys letting me uh, chime in. I was willing to sit back here and be quiet, but you welcomed me. Couldn't thank you enough. Thanks for the ride, too. I really do appreciate it. Two days. Where do you see the invoice? Get home, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting home a couple days earlier would be great, man. I'll go see a uh, little mayor man, my six-month-old, first time away that's from great. him. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'll go say hey to him. So I'll, I'll owe that to you guys. So thanks a lot. Now, I will say this, too, as a father. Uh, there's no feeling like walking in the door when you haven't seen your kid in a long time. And, and, and I mean, that could even be a long day at work, but it's even better when you're up when it's like a day or two. I will say this not as days. a father. There is no feeling like walking in the door and knowing there's still six NCAA tournament <laughs> games to play that night. I'm excited not only for my six-month-old, but also to see my dog. Of course. Yeah. Well, I have um, a husky, a full husky, and then I have a, a little husky mix uh, and the full husky is probably going to knock me over when I get in the door. Uh, I take umbrage with the I have. My wife and I refer to the dog that lives with us as our friend. <laughs> so we, we do not have possession or ownership. Right, right. 
she is our friend and she would tell you that she runs the place and she's actually <laughs> yeah. in charge. I question that because she does not pay the mortgage, but you know, I mean, Hank, you're the lawyer. It's it's, it's unclear to me exactly. Possession's who, nine tenths of the law, right? I do not, I do not view my dog at all as, uh, you know, like I'm, I would never be like, oh, you know, he's my dog, I'm the, the dog owner. Like he is 100% a part of our family. Oh, totally. Um, I, I do think Thanks, Dave. You make me look like an asshole. I'm trying, to, <laughs> I'm trying to pull back my first year law school torts class. I do believe that pets would be considered chattel, which is basically property. Uh, so and the that's law BS. needs to catch up. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And let's not forget, and I know we're drowning on now, the animal revolution is coming. <laughs> there, there are way, way more animals, birds, than people. And it's only a matter of time. How long into the beard of It's only a matter of time before they gang up. I mean, look at the decisions humans have made over hundreds and thousands of years. Trust me, I don't know when. But at some point, the people are going to be in the zoos. The animals are the living ones looking inside. Welcome to the... Planet of the Apes version of the Bearded Carcast with Hank Harrowood and Dave Friedman. Hi, Mike Pacheco. Final thoughts, Hank? Uh, yeah, it's going to start with the penguins. There's 21 million <laughs> penguins in Antarctica. Exactly. It's going to start. If, if uh, penguins uh, all invaded, let's say, New Zealand, you're talking about fighting each individual man, woman, child in New Zealand is fighting somewhere between 35 and 40 penguins each. And they're mean. Penguins are mean. I want you to imagine what it would be like seeing an NCAA tournament game on TV with 20,000 penguins in attendance. Pittsburgh penguins or penguins penguins? Or Youngstown State penguins? A lot of penguin options. What kind of penguins are we talking about? Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. It really has been fun. Anytime. And you can... Listen on SoundCloud and Stitcher and iTunes. Please send us your thoughts, comments, witty observations to beardedcarcastoutlook.com. Leave a review. Until next time. When is the next time going to be, Mike? The we season probably is should do over. some sort of uh, maybe retrospective, uh, maybe maybe a preview of the... F- I'm, I'm going to be out of town the week of the Final Four, but we'll... We'll have something very soon. Will it be really sappy? It could be really sappy. I mean, it could be, you know, this is listener-supported bearded car cast. It could be It could be a solicitation for our annual drive, which is coming up. And, you know, you can get the three-DVD set of season one of the bearded car cast. We're able to produce this content only because of your support. That's right. That's right. We would not be here without you across the nation and we do have a special for a thousand dollars we will give you a digital version of all our social media content from the trip to Indianapolis and we'll also give you a copy of the broadcast however and, you and, cannot use it in no, any way right. shape or form and for two thousand dollars Dave will actually sign his uh, his sheet, his game sheet, his prep sheet. You'll need another ten thousand dollars to get a magnifying glass to read it. <laughs> we thank you for listening to listener-supported Bearded Carcast. This has been a production of Bearded Carcast LLC, and it is brought to you on thousands of free internet streams across the world. You can follow Long Bearded Carcast at Bearded Carcast 
give us an email, beardedcarcast at outlook.com. It is 5 GMT.